Hello and welcome back to the A340 podcast. My name is Alex Catalano and uh, Alex Miller. We're coming into a very, very important 20 straight days of football after round eight. It's, uh, it's going to be huge. I'll tell you what, it's very, very exciting, Cat. I never thought we'd see the day, but it's going to have some reviews every single day. We might we'll have to post a review after every game. <laughs> that might be the inference of what the hell's going on here, but uh, we'll find out. It's going to be exciting times for all clubs. Alex Doherty, Thursday night, Dogs and the Tigers at Metricon Stadium. That is a huge clash. Oh, yes. Oh, that, well, that's on a Wednesday night. We've got... We've got oh, a, sorry, Wednesday night. We've got to take care of the Suns first of all, Alex Catalano. But, um, yes, <laughs> but that kicks us off with the that, 20 days, obviously. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. It's, uh, I, you know, I've never been more ready for, for 20 straight days of football than I am right now. Let me tell you, let me tell you that, gentlemen. It is an uh, interesting run for everyone in these uh, 20 days. A couple teams are getting buys here and there. Uh, I believe it's the, the New South Wales teams and the West Australian teams are yeah. getting buys. Uh, I think just because they've done a bit of travel and obviously the, West, the uh, Perth teams have been stuck up in the Gold Coast hub for a good month or so. So they probably deserve the break, yeah. I think. I sort of have a question, boys, in general. Do you reckon that almost every player on every list will play at least one game this year that are fit? It's a good question. Not out of, not out of, I don't think it's out of the question that everyone will get a chance. I think you look at, look at, what, the, look at what the Bulldogs are doing right now. They're, 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 playing, they're playing a, a debutant every, almost every week now. Mm. You know, we, we got, we've got another one coming through tomorrow night with Cal Porter coming in. Very, very hard at it, young man. And I, I, I can't, cannot wait to see what he can bring to the table. Yeah, it could almost be the new norm. You could see, yeah, a couple of debutants coming in for every side across this uh, across this twenty straight days. Depth yeah. will be tested for sure. I think the sides with some really strong depth will be the ones to make it through this the best. Uh, which might, well, might surprise you. I think yeah. teams like the Suns, honestly, are shaping up to have some really good depth at the moment. Um, and considering they don't look like they're going to be travelling too much. No, uh, I think that they'd be they'd be no. very happy with this twenty straight days. I think as well the teams within the hubs, um, especially the Gold Coast hub, our two our two clubs, well, our three clubs, mm-hmm. well, all our clubs. Um, yeah, I think clubs, that yeah. I think we'll all benefit from that in terms of what you said, Cat, limiting the travel. Yeah, um, you know, Richmond likes to play at Metricon. We played there for quite, a, and we've got I think got three straight games there, and we don't play the Gabba too badly either. You know, the Dogs and Dons have had a couple of good games, a couple of interesting ones. So I think um, all our teams eventually will get used to almost the home ground as Metricon. Yeah. Um, it's a nice surface. And as I said last week, um, if it doesn't get to the Gabba, uh, I think I wouldn't mind the grand final at the Metricon Stadium. But time will tell, Doc. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we, we said a couple of weeks ago when uh, Freo played St Kilda, like they, they seem to have uh, adapted to the hub life mm. the better and probably probably played a big reason why they won. I think I saw, saw, saw it with my mob on, uh, on Friday night, Cat, and we'll touch on it very shortly. Um, yep. I actually I actually reckon we adapted a lot better to the conditions at Metricon uh, as opposed to when we got something by Carlton. You know, so, so look, it, it'll be, it'll be an interesting time. I think, what was it? I think we have the next, after this one, at Met, uh, after we play the Gold Coast, we've got, the dogs have three, three of the next four at Metricon. I know we've yeah. got one in the, I don't, I know we've got a game at Adelaide Oval. That's right. Somewhere, somewhere yeah. in there. Similarly with us, Doc, I think both our clubs um, 
have got a couple of home games at Metricon. I think Don's are set for the Gabba a little bit, Cat. I think. Yeah, we're have, lucky have... we've uh, we've avoided playing the Lions in the Gabba. Luckily, we're going to have them at Metricon. We've escaped. It's very lucky. <laughs> Let's. Uh, uh, but that, also, there's going to be that won't do you. That won't do you much much good. I reckon. Oh. <laughs> no, look, probably not. we look. We 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 bundled the Lions out pretty convincingly last year when Tipper kicked his his fall of goals and we uh we beat them by about eight or nine goals so it was uh it was a good showing then but you never yes. know you never know in 2020 yeah, a lot of talk from you two boys let's get into the game where your two clubs competed it was the dogs taking on Essendon at Metricon yes uh, a Friday night classic the dogs defeating the Dons by 42 points it was 14 9 93 7 9 51 Kat we'll start with your mob yes what what went wrong in terms of structure and ball use? Because some of the numbers are a bit all over the shop. You wanted to talk about the team stats in particular. Yeah, look, what it was pretty it much again? it was pretty much everything that went wrong did. Uh, but I think it really did start in the middle. And mm. looking at the stats, you might be a bit you might be a bit confused. Obviously, we won the hitouts quite convincingly, thirty six to sixteen. Yep. And I was even surprised looking at that we won the centre clearances 13 to 12, lost the, the clearances overall 30 to 23. Uh, and I think it just came off the back of um, Andy Phillips seemed to have first touch of the footy in the ruck plenty of times. But every time he did it was, you know, no, no structure to the hit out. It was no. just kind of being placed... Uh, wherever wherever it fell, really, and that seemed to be to the dog's advantage more. Who's than that not. on though, Cat? Is that on the ruckman or the midfield structure in terms of setting up around a stoppage? Surely, yeah. I think it's it's lack of communication between the two. Yeah. Obviously, right. having Shield out of there doesn't help either. And I think we might have realised that he he must be a big part of setting up around the stoppages because you know the rest of the midfield is quite young without him. Really, you got the likes Absolutely. of Parish and and McGrath. Uh, Merritt, you'd think, would be putting a little more work into that, but yeah. I, I've always seen Merritt as a uh, you know quieter kind of character, and maybe might not be the best at leading from example in the midfield. So I think we really missed Shield in that regard. But yeah. kudos to Tim English as well for his work around the ground. You know, obviously, like I said, lost the lost the hitouts, but he won every other stat where it counted, and I think he was close to the dog's best on ground. That's a fair call indeed. What do you make of the yes of the mob? Doc, obviously, you know, you would have analysed them during the week as a, you know, obviously a threat this week. Who, who do you think sort of held their own? Um, oh, look, first of all, I will say that I think Essendon did look a bit bare without Dylan Shield in there. I mean, he's, he's had a really good year. So it's, you know, have, having him gone certainly doesn't help. I thought Zach Merritt was a, a little bit disappointing. I thought he would have stood up a little bit more. Yeah. Um, from from the guy from the guys that I thought played well, I thought uh, Jordan Ridley played a pretty complete, almost a complete four quarter game. The yep. Riddler. Uh, <laughs> good to see you joined back in Catalano. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I liked him. Uh, he he was intercepting almost everything in sight in that first half, and I think ditto to Hurley and Hooker. But I think they kind of tapered away a little bit um, in the second half. Uh, I thought I, Laverde I, played all right. Played a yeah, fair look, game. Laverde looked 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 a big threat uh, in in the uh, the opening half. I really liked Adam Sard's game as well. Uh, mm. You know, I, I, I remember I remember yes. um, I'm coming around to him. I think he's actually starting <laughs> to be a bit more productive with his disposals. Um, yeah, he's, yeah, he's running at about an 87 percent efficiency for his disposals <laughs> this year. He's 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 landing them everywhere he kicks them. Yeah, that's and, a very good thing. Well, I, 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 think, 
I think he had, he, he was matched up on Vandermeer for for um a, a fair bit of that game, and he actually um you know he certainly gave him a lesson because Vandermeer hardly got anywhere near it yep. for for the most part of it. Um, also, I just want to mention that I was also very disappointed with uh, Devin Smith. Boys, mm. I thought mm. I thought he I thought he would have had a, a much better game than what he had. You know, he, he gave away a, a few a few silly free kicks, a fifty minute penalty as well, which led to um a goal. Yeah, you know, when when somebody like Dylan Shield goes down and, and they and they didn't have Dyson Heppel either, who I think is a really important piece in that midfield brigade. Yep. You know, it's up to the guys like Devin Smith and Zach Merritt to stand up. And Zach Merritt, we all know, is a, has been a tremendous midfielder for the Bombers the last few years. Yeah, but he, you know, I just think he he just struggled to get any impact on the game. It's a fair yeah. call. I think he's struggled. He's struggled for the most part this year. Yeah. I think uh, this new forward structure that we're trying and the sort of midfield balance that we're going for hasn't really benefited him very much. Where's um, his best spot, Cat? It's hard to say. Yeah. I think the, the thing. The thing is, is that Snelling, I think, is playing in his best spot at the moment as that yep. sort of high pressure half forward role drifting yep. up to the midfield at times uh, you know that that's what smith was doing for us when he was at his best um, yeah, absolutely i mean it wouldn't hurt to put them both you know put them both on the opposite flanks and let them just tackle the opposition defenders <laughs> to death but i think it's just not in not in Wusher and trucks game yeah. plan at the moment so i think oh, that's definitely. why he's struggling a little bit no, it's got a few names before we get to the dogs quickly just want to ask you about jacob townsend boys we're a fan of him yet but just had a bit of an off one uh, might be due for a week off rest, or what do we think? I think if he gets the week off, our forward structure will be absolutely uh, screwed. So <laughs> keep him in. Keep him in for okay. now. Uh, <laughs> until, until he's on one leg. What do we make of uh, Cahill, uh, Doc? Um, I really liked his first quarter. He, he seemed uh, very busy early on, but then just kind of tapered off a fair bit after quarter time. And, yeah. you know, it, it, probably no fault of his own. I think he, he's, he's a... You know, a lot, a lot, a lot of the Bombers players tapered off after quarter time. Really, I mean, McDonald, Tip, and Woody got nowhere near it after quarter time. You know, Townsend had a nightmare. Uh, Snell, Snelling didn't do much for most for most of the game. Fantasia needs to piss off. Um, <laughs> uh, I sort of want to ask, yeah, as well about Mason Redmond boys. You know, such a good player. We've rated him highly, especially you, Cat. You, we've seen the potential of what he can be. Just struggled a bit this year to find his feet. I think I'm not sure why he did it last week and they've done it again. Uh, why Wusher is insisting <laughs> on playing Redmond as a one-on-one lockdown defender. It's not his that role. is not his best role. Redmond's best role is on the wing, full stop, plain and simple. I think, yeah, absolutely. I think and, uh, it's a fair I don't, call. I don't see why he's not playing there at the moment. It, it was playing. It was playing on um, Waitman for for a fair part of the um, the game, Mason Redmond. I don't know why because. Wait, wait, Waitman, Waitman kind of just let him, let him a merry dance. I think. <laughs> yeah, he's not, he's not built for it. We have. I'm not sure I understand. If you want to play a a, a smaller defender, mm. then bring Gleeson. You know, play Gleeson as the uh, as the small defender, not Redmond, it, who's. He would have been a much. He would have been a much better option. Yeah, yeah, he would I have. agree. I, I think, think as well. Redmond does better when he has the freedom to run off the ground and. Yeah, absolutely. Agree. Sort of do what say. he wants with it. I think as well, the last play before we get to the dogs is uh, Smack McKernan, boys. We, he's such a good target. He's got great mitts. Can take a clunk, but Cat 03 just missed some chances to really could have changed the game. As yeah, well. he missed, missed chances with marks as well. So many times mm. they just bounce off his hands and he's not even, 
you know, you always say if you've got the big forward in there, that if he's not taking marks, you want him to be getting it to ground. But he wasn't even getting it to ground. He was getting it straight into the hands of the Dodds defenders. <laughs> so, well, that's not good. That's uh, not good. But... I don't know if we need to consider well, bringing in... comment out, Mel. That's not good. That's not good. I don't know if we need to consider bringing in another tall option. You know. <laughs> Uh, Stuart, Stuart back in. Jimmy Stewart's close to full fitness from the sounds of it. We've got our young yeah, boys, our young boys yeah, yeah, are the likes in. of uh, Noah Gown and Harry Jones as well, who, you know, they're a bit raw still, but you yeah. can always plop them in there just to have another tall target to kick the ball yeah. to. So Absolutely. But credit ways, credit's due, Doc. Your dogs played very well. Good win by your mob. Who, who was your favourites, obviously? There's plenty of them. Um, well, big Tim English, first of all. He, yep. uh, he seems to be getting better by the week. And, you know, I kind of posed a question on Twitter on Friday night whether or not he actually deserves to be in the, uh, the squad of 40, the All-Australian squad well, of 40. I think, unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately for Timmy, there's a lot of other Ruckman performing really strongly this year. So mm-hmm. I don't think he'd cut it quite, unless they feel like naming five Ruckman in the All-Australian squad, <laughs> which I well, don't think they will do. Here's the thing, and, and, and I can totally see where, where people will get like, oh, you know, Tim English isn't there yet. And, and, and probably isn't because, you know, he, he, got, he lost to um, Phillips in the hitouts. But it, it's his work around the ground, really, that, that's, that's almost second to none. You know, it, it's up there with the elite. You know, he's, he, his second, third efforts after the hitouts are, are outstanding. You know, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's shown now he's a terrific contested mark. He's a great lead up. Yeah. Yeah, what was it? I saw the stat last week that was I think before before our game, English was something like third in the comp for contested marks. I thought well, intercept marks it was. Yeah. Um, yeah which well, is um, which is crazy to think I've, that he's up there with the likes of some of the best intercept <laughs> defenders in the game. I've got his numbers here real quick just to rack off. Obviously his base numbers are outstanding. You know, twenty two hit outs, one goal one. Um, seven marks, four tackles, 16 hitouts, which isn't too bad, but six clearances as well. And these numbers here, Doc, I think would really impress Luke Beveridge. The, the four contested marks, two inside 50s, um, and eight score involvements, four intercepts, um, and going at 77%. So, you know, it's, a, it's been a tough start, obviously, with Grundy and whatnot, battling him. But I think Tim English, Doc, I think in a three to five year bracket could be the number, number, one to three Ruckman in the comp. Oh, there's no, there's no doubt about that. I mean, what like obviously the one four in his game now is his, is his hitouts, and yeah. you know he's still like he's still relatively young, and he's still you know pretty raw in terms of that because yeah. you know before before he had the um before he had a, a big shoot in, in growth, you know he he played as a midfielder. That that yeah. that, that was that was his and, role, and you can see that. Yeah, you, you definitely can. How about this, boys? You know, 17 of his 22 disposals were contested, contested. possessions. Yeah, that's the wow. thing. That's, that's incredible. That's almost unheard of for a Ruckman. But you think as well, Kat, it's, a, it's something that we've talked about before in terms of the inside mids for the Dons. Just needing yeah. a, a real big body, especially with Heppel missing, that, you know, Tim English isn't, while he's a big, tall unit, he's not really a big frame. So the fact that they allowed that, I think Woosher would be quite disappointed in that. Yeah, I think um, we're not quite giving Hibbard the, the go in the midfield that he needs no. at the moment. I think he needs to be attending more of those centre bounces. Especially when you've got the likes of uh, one man I do want to talk about for the dogs. <laughs> Tom Libertore, I think, is very, very close to being back at his best. He's finally yeah. looking like he's uh, having the same impact on games as he used to before he you know, kind of had his ins and outs of the side here and there. But yeah. his numbers looked very, very good on... Uh, on Friday night, 22 touches, 
six tackles, which you love to see for him, five clearances. Thought he was really, really good in and under. He, yeah. he's, he's almost a bit of an unsung hero, Tom Liguitore, because when you, when you look at the dogs midfield, it's like, oh, yep, yeah, you know, Bontepelli, you know, McRae, Dunkley, Bailey Smith as well, starting to forge a really big name for himself. And then, then you've got someone like Tom Liguitore who, you know, just, just digs in every week and, yeah. you know, since the premiership, he's had a lot of he's had a lot of downs. I mean, he had he had the uh, the twenty seventeen year where he just couldn't get anywhere near it. Uh, he had the and then there was then there was the uh, persisting knee injuries. You know, the ACL in twenty eighteen, yeah. and then you know back in the last year, he had knee knee troubles again. You know, it, he, and you know you could you could tell you could tell when he came in. I think it was round three against GWS. Mm. He makes that midfield almost complete. I mean, you know, he he's the guy who isn't afraid to get stuck into opposition. You know, you you see somebody like Bonapelli and McRae, they don't exactly uh, go toe to toe. They they just go in, they just go in and, and get the footy. Liberatore is the kind of guy who just you know who who, who gives a bit of lip service as an added bonus. With, uh, <laughs> and 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 I th- and I think it's he's needed. He's a, he's a bit of an enforcer down there uh, at Whitten Oval. Yeah, big time. I think as well, Doc, I think Lockie Hunter's been good, you know, coming back into the side as well. He had 26 touches on the weekend, provided a little bit of a run and whatnot. But one guy I think who's had a really good year, we're all big fans of him here, is Bailey Williams, boys. Um, sort oh, of yes. struggled last year, Doc, to get in your 22. But this, this year uh, in particular has been really good. He had 17 touches, but had the most metres gained, I believe, on the ground, yes, with um, 468. Yeah. Uh, yeah. which is outstanding. His attacking run is something that's almost been a replacement for Suckling, who's now gone down forward. Yeah, it's it's, it's a good one because, yeah, we, we were pretty much convinced Bailey Williams was uh, was out was out the door end of last year. He couldn't get a game. Uh, yeah. Couldn't get a game and out of contract. So, yeah, it's good to see Bailey Williams actually repaying the faith now that the club's... The is club's his deal up end of this year, Doc? I think it's a two-year one. So I think it might two be... Years. Okay, month. good. Might be up uh, in the next year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, he, he's really had a good year, Bailey Williams. You know, he just every, any time the ball's been down the defensive fifty, you know, he's had he's had a say in at least driving the ball out. You know, very, you know, pretty underrated intercept as well for for mine, Bailey Williams. Yeah. He's a he's a very he's been a very handy player this year, and I think the um the the inclusion of Hayden Crozier again, I think boys, mm. I think it's just kind of underlines my point of um you know him make he him being probably one of the most underrated players in the comp for mine yeah. he's uh you know he's a smart smart reader of the play you know he do, he doesn't he doesn't let the ball go to the opposition anytime he spoils it he, he always seems to know where where to go in terms of punching the ball out of out of play mm. he's um he's a very handy player in that team and i think he makes the the likes of Cordy and Keith and and, and the likes of them, just that much better. Just quietly, Doc, I think that um, Hayden Crozier is working very closely towards the Nick Voshton status in terms of his defending ability. <laughs> in terms of, I think, the AFL world, I think um, I rate Hayden Crozier very um, highly, sorry, but I think a lot more people are realising how bloody good he is. But any other comments, boys, before we move on? I actually just want to um, also applaud uh, Mitch Wallace's game. You know, mm. I think he, he looks... You know, it looks like Forwards is go now. He's not going. Yep. He's not getting much time as a uh, midfielder anymore. And I think he's. I think he's still a very handy player in this team. And just seeing, just seeing his game on the weekend, like he, he's he's worked so. You can see, as opposed to when he was out of contract uh, a couple of years ago, and almost out the door, he almost he almost looks like he's um, 
he's worth he's worth tenfold on his uh, forward craft. He's leading in all the right spots. He's, you know, I've always, I've never had I've never had a problem with him kicking the goal. I think he's probably one of the uh, the most reliable shots on goal in the club. Uh, so three goals from ten touches, and I, I, he's a he's a very handy player. Well yep. done to him. No doubt about that. Lovely. We move, we move on. on. <laughs> Saturday Arvo, Lions and the Giants. This was a cracker of a game. It looked by about that half time mark that uh the Lions were gonna run away with it. They were sitting they were sitting three goals up, but they had all the momentum going their way, and then suddenly in that third quarter the Giants sort of came back alive and uh really really made the game a real contest. But in the end it was the Lions taking the chocolates 13 10 88 to 10 8. 68. What type of chocolates were taken from the venue? Uh, Belgian? A bit of Toblerone. A bit of Toblerone. <laughs> your man, Toblerone. Your man uh, Stephen Canelio, Alex Miller, led the yeah. disposals and yeah, played, the clearances as well, I believe. Played a much better game, Cat. I'm a fan of Cogs when he's in the midfield. Don't know why he played up forward early in the year. Maybe just getting his legs back under him, boys, in terms of getting used to the game speed. But, yeah, he was outstanding. 27 touches. As you mentioned, Cat led the clearances with nine, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, but, again, I sort of – the Giants, I feel like they're going through the motions in terms of – it's just the, num- the numbers, you know. You know, Lockie Whitfield at his 24, which is good, and yeah. um, Josh Kelly's 21. But how damaging these guys are is, is the big question. I think Josh Kelly, obviously, is an outstanding kick, as we've said before, Doc. But I, I think – I've been thinking about it for a couple of weeks, boys, and I'm prepared to make the call right now. I don't think Leon Cameron is the man to lead this team to a flag. I think a new coach is required. Uh, it's interesting. That... Did you boys see the article during the week from Brett Delidio? Yes. Talking about how the Giants players are all 22 individuals and don't necessarily play as a team. You say uh, it a bit sometimes, don't you, though? I'll, yeah, I'll, I think you do. You notice it, especially reading the article and thinking about it uh, and looking at some comments of others, especially when they're down and they're losing. They just look like a very unstructured side and like they don't really have that rally and that drive to, you know, turn it around and stick together and stick the game out. You know, the best, the best I've seen them ever do that was last year, that prelim final against the Pies um, off an amazing defensive effort, obviously, but... Yeah. I can't think of many times that I've seen the Giants really, you know, spin a comeback or no. or put themselves on the line when the game's there to be won. It's sort of like that when they're up and about, everyone's playing well, but when they're down... Do you think do you think that's a result, Doc, of them not having an alternate game plan? I believe, you know, the Giants are a very good kick-mark, kick-mark team. And, you know, we've seen at times they can get down and gritty, but it's not really... They're not prepared, it doesn't look like, to change a game style mid-game. Yeah, it's it's a really it's a really good point, and I think you know for 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 years you know I'm I'm talking 2016 2017 you know when <laughs> millenniums ago yeah, <laughs> it almost, feels like it <laughs> almost almost feels like a lifetime ago, but you know when when the Giants lost to us in 2016 and then lost to your mob the the following year, Alex Miller, it seems to be there seems to be a case of you know they not only just seem to play for themselves like I've I've like I. I said I said then that they they look more like individuals than than an actual team, but you know the last last year and a bit, you know I've kind of uh, re- refrained from saying it so often, but you know it almost feels like they're they're doing it again. You know, yeah. it, whether or not, I I don't think it's entirely uh, maybe may, 
I don't think it's entirely Leon Cameron's fault. Kind of, but it, no. but again, it kind of feels like yeah. You know, Britain <coughs> says that you know he he enables the Giants to play with um, a lot of freedom to play mm. the way they want to play. Yeah, and, and I think maybe it maybe it does kind of stem back from from a few of these individuals. You know, I think Jer- Jeremy Cameron seems to uh, close up shop when he doesn't when things don't go his way. What's his uh, value at, boys, coming into the free agency? What's he worth, Cat, in the open market, just quickly? Oh, it's still, you'd think it's still very, very high. Um, Upwards he's, of a he's, million. He's, you know, common, reigning common medal winner. Still gets up and about, kicks a bag every week, even when he's not doing his best, you know. He still ended up kicking 2-3 in this game, even when he wasn't flying at his best. So I think What's he's he worth, worth? you think at least a first round and a second round, I would say. If not, two, some clubs would definitely pay two first rounders for a... What Colin type of medalist. salary does that man fetch as well, Doc? Then, oh, I'd be it'd be clo- it'd be close to a million, yeah, a million a season. Uh, yeah. You know, Jezza Cameron. We all know when he when he's on, he, he, he's capable of a of a of a match winning bag of you know five, six, or seven. Mm. So, like you know, again, like this is this is when he plays well and the and the team plays well. When the, when they don't play well, he tends to disappear, which probably which which might stem from you know. How, the lack of um, the lack of footy that they that they get up the ground. Yeah. Um. You know. I, th- I think of guys like you know Kel- Kelly Whitfield, Canelio. Even I think th- these guys these guys seem to play well when you know they, they when they almost when when it's on their terms. You know mm. when, when it's when it's not mm. on their terms they te- they tend to um they tend to dis- they tend to dissolve or try to take it upon themselves and it doesn't work. That's a fair uh, call. What do we make of Tim Toronto, boys? Good to see him, obviously, back. Fit yeah, two, two snags and 16 touches for him. Very good. Uh, you know, probably not his best performance, but the two snags always helps to pump up his stats a little bit. Um, oh. No, nah, he l- looks l- good. L- lengthy return, mate. You've got you to <laughs> give, give him something. <laughs> no chop out here. No chop out here. But obviously... Uh... Cat's just throwing the arrow back in his shoulder. So, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> up, up, up your bum, Tim. Didn't nah, play he off. was good. He was good. It wasn't, wasn't very much the game for the, uh, for the insiders. Very low tackle count. Very low uh, sort of contested game. Very much one on the outside, I thought. But uh, speaking of the outside, there's one bloke I want to focus on who hasn't been performing up to necessarily his standards all year for the Lions, and that is Mitch Robinson. Mm. I think uh, just looking at his stats again this week, only the 11 touches for him hasn't looked quite as physical, I haven't thought, this year. Um, yeah. I and look, think, it's, probably, um... it's probably good for the Lions that they can still win when he's not up and about. Because it used to be once upon a time, if Robinson wasn't wasn't firing, the Lions had no no drive, no morale to win. So, uh, I mean, look, it's not great to see him not at his best. I uh, think he's he's still contributing somewhat. Five clearances, yes, only eleven touches, but yeah. you know, three hundred fifteen meters game. He, he is on the other side of thirty now. He's up there, but you know they've got some really good wingers coming through. You think of Zach Bailey, I think boys, mm. and obviously Hugh McCluggage was outstanding last year. All Australian. I don't know but, why. Speaking of McCluggage, why he is being played as a half-forward so much this year and not on the wing? Well, I think it's a result of the structure they're running. They seem to be running um, the sort of a, an extra midfielder setup where the two half-forwards aren't even playing as a half-forward. They're sort of just running mm. straight into the middle, which is strange because, as you said, Kat, McCluggage is a, he's an outside man. He's a little, uh, yeah. he's a little monorail train, little quick boy. Um, <laughs> so I think it's an interesting result. But what about Graham Birchall? Doc, in terms of what he's added to this, brought to this Brisbane team. Well, 
Yeah, well, he, he adds a he adds that veteran presence that uh, Luke Hodge left behind end of last year, and mm. I think I think he had, he had one of his better games on the on the weekend: four rebound fifties, eighteen disposal, eight marks. I think he's he's starting he's getting some continuity back in his game now, and you can you can see that you know he's starting to find that confidence that made him such a really good player in Hawthorne's premiership years. Grant Burchill, mm. I think. Yeah, it, it, it's a very nice it's a very nice return from a veteran head, and you know Brisbane didn't have to uh, pay much up to get him. So, he, you know, if he keep if he keeps himself fit, keeps keeps getting those games into him, I think they've they've uh, they've plucked out some a really good find here. Yeah, I also want to say I want to mention uh, Lockie Neal boys. I think he had, he had himself a really good first half, and then Matt DeBoer kind of kind of reeled yeah. him in after. Kind of reeled him in after half time, mm. boys. So, what, what what do we make of that? He's a hack. He's a hack. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. not Lockie Neal. I love Lockie Neal. You know who I'm talking about, Mister yeah. Deboring. Um, but yeah, he he does a good role. He does a good role with role, and there's no doubt about that. But he's just a, it's just frustrating <laughs> to watch. Matt Deboring. Um, I couldn't imagine any Giants players having his number cat on the back of their jersey. Uh, no, young young Giants fans will definitely not be asking for the twenty four. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I saw well. him. Uh, I saw him resting forward a bit, and he looks. You know, he, he looks all right when he's when he's resting as that sort of half small forward. Hmm. Uh, but you know, he's he's a prime tagger. He does does what he does week in week out. You can't you can't fault him for that. Yeah, I think just quickly, the numbers in the team stats before we move on to the next game, um, the total disposals wasn't much in it, but the kicks, um, mm. Brisbane had 30 more, but the handballs, the Giants 123 to 85, and the kicks in Brisbane's favour really resulted in the marks, boys. You'd see that the tempo they were playing, you know, they had 98 marks to 55, so it was a tempo sort of style that they played, and they really, I, I think they deserved to win overall, which was an interesting thing. Yeah, no, they're good yeah. on they're good on the outside. Yeah, the lines that's for sure. I also want to just before we move on as well, the small brigade small brigade for the Lions has been performing really well in mm. recent weeks. Six goals between Cameron McCarthy and Rayner. Uh, Rayner in particular, I think, has actually stepped up this year. Yeah, you know, at times we said last year he needed yeah. a spell on the knee fall. Fagan never dropped him, and it looks like the faith has paid off because he's. He's performing well so far this year, Rayner. If anything, I'd say just needs to maybe put that pressure on at ground level a little bit more uh, to yeah. justify being in that forward line. But in terms of hitting the scoreboard, he's definitely stepped it up this year. Well, yeah, no well, you talk, well, you, well, you talk about faith, uh, Mr. Catalano. Um, mm. Chris, Chris Fagan didn't drop anybody from this team after they got pantsed by, by Geelong the week before. Yeah. So, so I, I think that I think that shows just tremendous amount of faith for um. Absolutely, Fagan. I think for Fagan a younger goes. side, you probably need to do that. Uh, they're obviously the younger kids aren't, you know, still still uh, fresh to the game at the top level. You know, might not respond as well to being forced to play a practice match against the reserves for a week. I feel like you know the older players generally, and you look at you know Port Port last week. Ken Hinkley sort of did that. And dropped a made four, three or four changes, and I think when you have an older side, it probably sends a better message to make those dramatic changes. But for a young team, I think Fags is doing it the right way and just putting faith that they'll rebound and not necessarily get complacent. Yep. Yeah. Uh, right. Just, just, just two more things before um, we move on, boys. Aiden yeah, Core with the twenty-one touches and thirteen rebound fifties. That sounds like a really productive thirteen. Um, 
Sounds like a really productive. <laughs> sounds like a really productive stat line, um, boys. I, I didn't catch much of the game. I only saw bits and pieces. But um, what, what did what did you boys make of that performance? Uh, don't care for it, but I liked him. <laughs> nah, he's he's a uh, he's he's become well. I say become, but gone up a notch this year. Core. Uh, he's sort of. I, I don't know off the top of my head how many okay, games Alex, he's played Alex in the past Mills few is, years. Uh, oh, Gary. Uh, <laughs> wobbling his head around. I don't think he likes that call. Gary, so much. Gary. Look, he's had he's had an inconsistent run in it the past couple of years. Only played. 24 games across the last two years. Uh, mm. The last time he played a full season was 2017. Um, so I think I think he's a good he's a good small defender core. I think he's uh, maybe a little bit underrated at times. Oh, actually, he's not even that small. He's 195. Uh, I think he plays he plays he plays smaller than he is. That's for sure. Um, yeah, yeah but, just yeah. just don't put him in a one on one against tall forwards. He won't he won't win one. Um, <laughs> and also Shane Mumford boys. Uh, Broke even in the hitouts with Steph and Martin, 21 apiece, and actually had more touches, 7-4. Mm. to four. I think uh, Steph Martin's uh, well and truly cooked as well, boys. I think... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he doesn't look the same. You know, that, 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 that knee, I think, might still be um, giving him a bit of bother. Yeah, it's always, it's always hard. Always hard coming back from a knee injury for a big man. You know, the mobility is always going to be a lot more limited, especially for Steph. Yeah, he's 31, and that was one of probably one of his biggest upsides for his whole career was being a very mobile tall. So, yeah. unfortunately, it might just be time to let Archie Smith and the Big O just resume yes. rough duties for the rest of the year. Come on, Archie. come on, come on, Big O. I want to see more <laughs> Big O, please. We have to move on to our final game of uh, the round that was Carlton and Port Adelaide on the Sunday Arvo. What an absolute thriller. thriller this game was. It came right down to the wire, and it looked like. I was riding high on the Blues. I tipped them to win, and it looked like to the very end that they were going to do it, but unfortunately, one man by the name of Robbie Gray Robert. slotted the match winner. 50, 40 out on the boundary line and uh, won the game for Port, 9-10-64 to 9-7-61. Boys, I have to say, I'm very impressed with the Blues. Doc made the call off-air that the Blues are going to finish in the top eight. I, th- I, th- I think they will. There is... Look, we we saw we saw it from them firsthand uh, last week when they absolutely gave us a hiding that um that that they can they can apply such amazing pressure on 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 the ball carriers and, and Port Port have been arguably one of the better sides this year in what has been a very you know, difficult 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 year yeah uh, but I think Port okay first of all I think Port have kind of legitimate legitimized themselves as one of the teams to beat this year. And secondly, Carlton, you know, they, they, they conceded the first three games and uh, first three goals in quick succession, and the fact that they were able to not just bounce back in the same quarter, but actually take the lead back. Yeah, I, I think that sh- I think that shows that you know th- th- this is a, this is a team that can compete for finals, and I think they will compete for finals because they've got they've got really good players on every line and players that can really take them up and up take them up another level or two. Yeah, it's a, it's a fair call. I think back to your pressure thing, Doc, was really interesting. That some of the tackle numbers, you know, Shatterfield with 10, Kernow with 7, and Cripps with 6. Two, yes. two leaders there, obviously, but a young future star, you think, in Shatterfield. All brought the heat cap from the outset, and it re- really set the tone. But yeah. I think, I think like you said, can't be pleased with how they're tracking. You know, it's, it's somewhat of a development year still, I think, in terms of the list. I think um, 
I think Manny Kennedy Boyce has been a good inclusion. I really like what he brings up forward, which, you know, I've always rated him as an inside mid, but really developed him into an interesting forward character. Yeah, no, yeah. he was he played really well as a mid last week, I thought. Not as yeah. not as strong uh this week. Had a few more wayward wayward disposals. His kicks um, his kicking is still his biggest issue. I think he, he's yeah. good in the number. Yeah, except kicking. when he's taking a set shot. For some yeah. reason when he's in front of the goals, <laughs> his kicking is immaculate. Yeah, I think, um, <laughs> I think Harry, Harry Mackay boys as well was good kick the three goals for marks. How good Sam was Walsh. it that in that first quarter when <laughs> Harry Harry got that uh, got that mark out the back on the fifty meter line and just stormed in from the inside yeah. fifty to uh, to slot the goal? It was with the little check side off the uh, outside of the boot. Yeah, <laughs> it was a pretty pretty bloody good effort. I think as well been interesting. It was literally two weeks ago. The commentators were ripping into the blues in terms of where Jack Martin's going to play half forward and mid, but he seems to have a good little mix between the both at the moment. And I, I don't know. I think this blues blues outfit, you know, they're, they're building towards something that uh, I'm not sure about finals this year, personally. Um, yeah, look, I, I said it off here. Um, they've got to win these close games if they want to be playing finals. They've dropped, yeah. they've dropped the one to Melbourne, dropped this one to Port. Obviously they beat us. By the point, so they're running one-two for games within a goal margin, and we see we see every year the teams that that you know sit in the top eight are always positive on wins for those close games. Yeah. So if they want to be playing for finals, year, they got to turn think. that around. Another year, I think. Um, Port yeah. were pretty good, Doc. Uh, Pedal Adams were a big fan of here, boys at A three. Actually yes. led uh, total disposals equal to disposals on the ground, not just for Port. He had twenty-one touches. Um, Three marks, two tackles, four clearances, 16 hit-outs. Uh, good inclusion I've been, for I've been, I, I swear I've been talking about Laddam since <laughs> since the first time I saw him since in birth. the, uh, the sandfall. <laughs> since, since birth. Since birth. The kid's got talent, that's for sure. He gets around the ground very well. Was, was yeah. there an inference that Cat was there for Peter Laddam's birth? Saw the man could kick the puppy at, uh, <laughs> at, at two days old. So like, yep, he's going to play. He, he, he's he's going to He's going to play, Kenneth. <laughs> Look, I want to ask you about Ryan Burton. How underrated of a player he is. He had 20 touches and nine marks. He's been a good pickup. Oh, absolutely. I think uh, it, it's going to be hard to gauge who wins, who who won that trade between mm. uh, Hawthorne and Port because obviously Hawthorne got uh, Chad Wingard in return. You know, like early days, you would have said Port because um, Ryan, uh, Ryan Burton's a, a young up-and-coming star. Wingard is a bit bit of an inconsistent kind of player, but his best is really good. Yep. He's had a he's had a pretty good year this this year, Wingard, and I think Burton has had has had some injury issues and has found himself out of the team a little bit since. since. But you know, when he's on the park and when he's fit and firing, he's a he's a very handy player in the uh, in the defensive fifty. No doubt yep. about that. And Sam May's cat um, made yes. his debut. Yes. It's quite impressive. I love this kid. I've been I've been calling for him to play for Port since he came over from the Lions. Rated him. Where's rated, Kenneth been hiding him? Where, where has Kenneth been in the sample? Under the staircase. Uh, no, he's very very highly rated uh, off halfback sort of player. Maze. Good good boot on him. Gets it's an interesting interesting, interesting thing for the uh, for Port Cat mm. is that they've got a lot of players that play that role. You think um, is it Leanet? Um, yeah, Leanet. You've got the likes of you know yeah Burton and Bonner as well. Trent McKenzie, um, all sort of play in very same roles. So it's almost going yeah. to be the rotisserie chicken in terms of two in, two out, maybe each week. Well, I think, that's why, I, think, <laughs> I think that's why Ken has moved Burton up onto the wing to give a bit more space for 
the rest of them to launch that up halfback. Look, McKenzie, McKenzie plays that sort of uh, further, deeper in the back line, you know, takes the kickouts kind of role. So I think, I think uh, there's room for the other, at least two of them to take those halfback flanks. Yeah. Charlie Dixon boys as well, back in form. Uh, three goals, yes. four boys. That was um, yeah. very inaccurate. Shocking day in front of goal for Charlie. <laughs> Cat, Cat, you know, you know what? I don't think you've said this year that Charlie Vic- Charlie Dixon will kick a bag, and every week he's managed to kick a bag. Yeah, that's that's always what, how it is, mate. What's, go, what's going on, mate? You pump them up, they do nothing. You say nothing about them, and suddenly they're the uh, the stars of the competition. No, yeah. very. It, it's been good to see Charlie in form. I do want to say I'm not sure why uh, Teague didn't put Weeders Weedering on him at any yeah. point when uh, we heard the stat before the game that Weedering hadn't lost a one-on-one contest. All year, but he insisted on keeping Jones on Dixon. I think maybe just to have the, uh, uh, who, the who produced body. that stat about Jacob Weary? Who produced uh, someone on Fox Footy? Yeah, Probably well, David I King. remember Max King taking uh, three marks over him, beat him in one on ones a couple of weeks ago. Oh, so. that's true. That's <laughs> shove, true. Shove that stat straight up your behind, as far as I'm concerned. Um, also, Kingy, thought, hey? <laughs> uh, Alex Dockey, lastly for Port, uh, Todd Marshall. Oh, I've really yeah. seen his development improve. The only thing he's probably lacking is a goal, at least a game, but he's doing everything else really well. I, I think that'll come. Uh, yeah, oh, no ob- doubt. Obviously, Charlie Dixon's the focal point now, and I think it always seems to be, you know, kick it to Charlie and he'll finish it off. Well, Charles? You know, three goals, four <laughs> means that maybe he'll do it maybe 50, 50 percent <laughs> of the time. But, but, nonetheless, but nonetheless, he's... Uh, you know, he, he he's been very good for them, and, and so is Todd Marshall. Is probably the uh, the second option. You know, I, I don't know how he, I, I don't know how the hell he missed that goal in the uh, the dying minutes there. But you know that 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 that'll that'll come in 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 about you know when he when he continues to get games in because obviously we talked yeah. about you know the lack of continuity in his games. You know, he's had a lot of lot of issues dealt his way. Mm. Um, so it's you know that 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 stuff will come. He's he's starting he's now starting to get continuity he's in his game. He's just Picking himself up week by week, and I think you know he, he played in some really fine game. You know, five marks, fifteen touches, yeah, you know, three, three tackles, three inside fifties. It's, it's it's telling you that he's doing a lot, both with mm. and without the footy. That's right. So, so I, 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 you know, you guys, you guys know it firsthand. You know, I love, I love Todd Marshall. Yeah, and I think he'll, I think he'll keep, uh, he'll keep on kicking on. I, what, I what just is, want to say with with in regards to Marshall. Um, I think him and Dixon need to build a bit more chemistry as the two tall fours. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Dixon's had lots of injury issues the past couple of years, so he hasn't been able to play a consistent run at it. But I think Marshall's demonstrated he's a really, really good lead-up mark. Yeah. And if he was taking more of those deeper into the forward line, he would be getting more of those scores as opposed to having to lead out of the forward line and sort of be that that last kick into the forward line. So I think just give them a bit more time and Marshall will start... Uh, scoring a bit more, absolutely. Yeah. Can't. What, what, what also about uh, one of one of our favourites, uh, Ronnie Farrell, Alice Miller. <laughs> it's, he's, uh, kid uh, has a boot, doesn't he? Huge he's kick. One of, one of the best kicks for goal going around, I think. Doc, I think he's yeah. incredibly underrated. Like it's one thing to kick at fifty metres, but it's one thing to kick at fifty metres straight through the big sticks. <laughs> um, he's a really yeah. good player. I think there's a spot for him in this team. I think I, yeah. love, I, love, I love the fact that he gets in the face of uh, opposition players, and he's also a very a handy lead up option, you know, across half forward or even at forward pocket. You know, like, he's a he's a very he's a very good kick outside fifty, as as we know the last fortnight. 
Um, he's more of a marking forward, which is interesting, isn't it, Doc? Because, he, you know, he didn't lay a tackle this game, but you think for his size, he'd, he sort of plays not as exciting with the marks, but I think the boy's more of a young Jamie Elliott pre-injuries. Yeah. Mm. He, he's one, marking forward. He's a 183-centimetre forward, so he's not mm. he's, he's not the tallest on, on the team. Well, Elliott's 185, so... Yeah, could be on there. What a great comparison! <laughs> Pat yourself on the back. <laughs> I think as another one as well, Cat. Quickly before we talk yeah. about Robbie Gray's goal, your your man Dan Houston. It's, I think him mm. working into the midfield. Houston, they one of the most underrated things. He had fifteen touches and eight tackles. Yeah. Um, do you really do you think he's best now in the mid? Oh, absolutely. Leave him there, a hundred percent. The kid is the kid's a talent in and under, uh, and uh, he'll just. Just keep performing well there if you leave him there. So, 100%. Very true. All right. Probably great, boys. Is that oh, the closest goal we've seen for the last since, three? Since the 2018 grand final, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you, know, you know, Robbie Gray is no, stay, no, no stranger to uh, clutch goals. You think about the uh, the goal, I think it was three years ago when they played St Kilda yes. at, at the Adelaide Oval. And you know, the, uh, <laughs> the absolutely crisp tap from Paddy Ryder to Robbie Gray and then the ability to... Nail it from about 40, 45, 50 metres out on the run. Yes. It yeah. is, is just, it's probably just a testament to him as a player. He's, you know, everybody knows that he's a really talented, really talented individual. Uh, some, some producer from SEN once claimed that he was the greatest player of, in the league at the, at the moment. Uh, not sure about that, but John, John Clark, if you're listening, um, you know, there are, there are other, other days. Players. There are other players, uh, preferably at Melbourne, who are better than Robbie. But no, look, it's um, it, it's fantastic because I think Robbie Gray's had a had a bit of a lean year actually. I think for mm. the he um, I'm not sure. Like he he, he kind of seems content with the idea of seeing him as a midfielder and then as a half forward. I, I like I, I reckon he, he's done it so often. I I reckon uh, and I've said it for a while. I think I think. Keeping him up forward, or maybe even half forward, mm. just, just just leave him there because he 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 does he does he does both kick goals and set set other players up like mm. equal equally well. Yeah, the very runs. true point. Um, but, but yeah, that's you know Robbie Gray. We, but they'll be playing that on repeat all all, all this week. We know, oh, we know yeah, that. Sure. I think we know that absolutely. Sure. <laughs> all right, that was the round that was. Sure was. About that? We're going to go into the tips, and uh, <laughs> you don't want to do. I'm, I'm introducing it because uh, this is absolutely shocking for me. Uh, I've officially fallen far so far behind that I don't think there's any coming back. As is the same from last year. Alex Miller and Alex Doherty both got a lovely eight for this round, and of course, myself being myself, ended up with five. So this puts <laughs> Alex Miller on forty-three. Well ahead of the both of us, Alex Doherty on 37 and myself on a lowly 31. Alex Doherty's on the 35 plus two. He's got the extra two, so 37. Yes, yes. Never forget those plus twos. Uh, Boys, I just have to say, I've basically taken my hat out of the ring for winning the tip (laughs) because there's no way in hell that I can catch up on these I reckon two perfect weeks from you, Cap. Yeah, we'll two perfect weeks, and you boys will both get about seven or eight as well in those weeks. Well, well you've got to stop doing ridiculous tips. I think that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's your problem. You're a bit of a. Bit of a I've reached. Maverick. I've reached the critical point where uh, where I've got to. I've got to do weird tips to try and get ahead, but the weird tips keep going wrong, so I keep falling further behind. So. No, uh, no look, in, in fairness to you, Cat, I actually thought Carlton against Port Adelaide wasn't a bad tip. 
Yes, actually, not my worst. Not as bad as tipping Hawthorne again. I tipped Hawthorne. I don't know why. I, That's the one I got wrong. I am the genius who picked Melbourne. So, uh, <laughs> you, you, you heard it from me first. I'll talk it up. I've given up uh, on tipping the Hawks. So I'm not doing it for the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, no, uh, the, the Collingwood Geelong game did me in. Um, yeah, me but, too. Yeah. But Gallup the fact was. I, but the fact I got uh, the fact I got eight in a row after that just you know I, I, I'm pretty happy with that. Oh, yeah. We've got some um, injury news to cover, gentlemen. Lots of lots of interesting on, lots of interesting things going on with every club in the league, really. Uh, Jordan Dugowie, obviously one of the big ones out of Thursday night after his huge five goal performance, has broken his finger and is going to be out for two months with that. You'd be you'd be very stiff to be out for that long with a broken finger, but obviously you know you can't train your can't train your skills or anything while well, it's interesting because to sit and wait. Tommy Lynch boys broke his hand and he's still bloody playing, mm. so um, maybe there's some ongoing issues with that. Yeah, look, it, it, it's 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 a hard one because look, the, you know you, you can either play through the pain and have and you know put yourself at a disadvantage in uh, statistically. Or you can actually let it, let it heal up and actually give yourself the best chance to make yourself right for um for the grand final. And you know, everyone will see things differently. Uh, yeah. Tom Lynch, Tom Lynch, I I think you know it, it it is kind of brave of him to to play with a to play with a broken hand. You know, I I, I would have rather I would have rather personally sit 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 myself out. It was pretty bloody useless on the weekend, must say. Oh yeah, yeah. Ben Ben Ben, ben Mackay absolutely torched him. Absolutely gave him a bath. Yeah, uh, Rory signs out with his uh, broken hand as well, boys. But he's going to be three to five weeks. Um, yeah, probably Callum, not what the Crows need right now. Probably could use no. a bit of leadership in there. So very unfortunate. Chandler um, Marchbank, who's returning from back injury, he's only one to two away. Hopefully, uh, Steel Sidebottom coming back from suspension, obviously from getting on the beers. Um, Hayden, Hayden Young, which is a sad one, boys, has done his oh. ankle and will miss eight to twelve weeks, which is a absolutely huge tragic. This kid is one of the shining lights in that Freo team so far this year, and for him to have to miss basically the rest of the year is just yeah, just really sad. And um, Griffin Logue uh, with eight to ten weeks with a foot mm. slash toe. Jordy is Clark there any? As well. Are there any? Are there any teams more injury hit than Freo? I suppose North Melbourne at the moment as well. Yeah, but yeah. North, I was going to say North, North, North Melbourne. North, Melbourne would be up there. Um, Frio yeah. seem to always have a huge injury list running. <laughs> I don't know who the medico is down there, but get get your head together, mate. <laughs> uh, I, I, I've I've been hearing um I've been hearing uh, I think it's Jason Weber who's the uh the man the man the medical man up at Frio. Well, get him out. He, he, he's, <laughs> he, he's been he's been copping it a fair bit um on on a, on a few uh, social media. Simple. Get him out. I reckon we could do a better job as physios than this man could. <laughs> the difference that here's the deep heat and I'll leave you to it. That's uh, that's what I'll I know a, best. Be a, I'll be a lucky man if I get to uh, give uh, Hayden Young's hamstrings a bit of a rub. Yes, I would like to uh, give him a give him a back back masseuse. Give him a little chop chop chop. Uh, Jordy Clark. Jordy Clark for eight <laughs> weeks with the shoulder injury, which is a shame because he's just come back into the fold. Yeah, um, Joel with hamstring injury, boys, two to three weeks, depending on how bad it is. And Gary Ablett, obviously returning home, mm. there's two games at least at a minimum. So, uh, you, you think Selwood's probably going to be about two or three weeks? He's uh, it w- w- wasn't a bad hamstring, but it was no. um, a, you know, it, it, there's no point risk, risking it any further. 
about hamstring is the Jackson Uber one boy is pretty innocuous one we saw on Saturday night. Sort of mm. just they bring just him back too early, I reckon. Yeah, a bit underdone, yeah. a bit like the Ben Cunnington incident doc. We're a bit surprised it came back so soon. Yeah, oh, I think North, North Melbourne will will back their medicos in, but I look and 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 maybe he did pass pass the tests required at training. We don't know what goes on at North Melbourne. But, <laughs> I don't think I don't anyone really knows what's going on at North Melbourne. <laughs> do we do we really care though? <laughs> <laughs> no, look, but um, <laughs> but look, it's uh. Ah, oh, it's a high one to assess. I mean, it, you know, they they could they could have given Zebel a few a few tests with his hamstring. They they would have said they would have seen him pass through it. So look, may, may, maybe there's maybe there's still more work to be done there with North Medicos. We don't. We don't. Yeah, uh, Josh Caddy as well, boys. That did his hamstring. I was pretty worried it was his calf. He's he's had some calf mm. issue before. But oh, so- yeah, no, I, I saw that on Saturday night. That was a bad one. Does not look good at all. Pretty innocuous. He's sort of jogging yeah. towards the ball and then bang. Um, yeah, so that's uh, a huge blow. For the Bombers, Kale Hooker as well, post-match apparently, has mm. pulled up with a bit of a calf issue as well. So he's a couple of weeks out. So you think uh, Berserk, Brandon Zerk Thatcher, will be coming back into the side. Hopefully. As long as he doesn't down on the Terps to try and... Yeah, hopefully get, not. Get, get in trouble. You, you, can get away, you can get away with it on the Gold Coast, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> have, some, have, have, some terps on the, have some Terps in the hub. Yeah, <laughs> while well, uh, playing a bit of golf, having a bit of a hit. <laughs> That's all the injury news. Yes, Let's move uh, on. Next no, up was, is Alistair. Yes, I was, was going to say Luke, Luke Shuey was a late withdrawal from the derby on 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 Sunday. He should be mm. fine to go. Yeah. and all and also Toby Green and Tom McDonald for GWS and Melbourne respectively should be should be fine, subjected to tests. Righto. Oh. Good news. Thank you, Mr. Doherty. <laughs> Who's the man? Who's the man? Our favourite segment. We've got some uh, some good boys to crack into this week. I will start off if you boys don't mind. Yes. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so I I will be discussing the Monday night game. Obviously, as a man who we've been very high on for pretty much the last couple of years, yes. the tackling machine, the Iron Man, Jack Steele. <laughs> I love man. this. I love this bloke. Alex Doherty, yes, made a lovely little Twitter post about him during the week, and uh, he He's was he was man. key to. Key to taking down the musical numbers here, gentlemen. Taking down the crows when it mattered, uh, Jack Steele. Twenty-six touches against that crows midfield, which is probably the best part of their, uh, mm. you know, Matt Crouch and Brad Crouch, obviously both in this week. So uh, he dismantled them quite easily. Did a job on Brad Crouch as well, quietly. Yeah, Crouch. well, getting twenty-six touches of his own, and also keeping Brad Crouch to only the fifteen. So uh, well done Pretty by good. him. Uh, hit the scoreboard as well with a goal. But then you go down to the other stats, and that's where it starts to get really interesting. The six tackles, 13 clearances. 13. Now, if you didn't hear what I said before, that he had 26 touches, that means that half of the times that he touched the footy, he was getting it out of the centre bounce, which is absolutely wow. astounding. Uh, four inside 50s as well. Five score involvements. So the man was helping to hit the scoreboard. And may I say, 20 of those 26 disposals were contested possessions that is huge in a shortened season you give him another another extra 20 minutes and he's he's hitting about 25 contested possessions there so uh that is massive massive stuff from jack Steele. i think he's one of the most underrated midfielders in the competition at the moment i agree he gets the job done week in week out very little fuss throws himself at the footy and just seems to he must honestly have a body of steel because i don't think i've ever seen him out injured no, no, he's a he's a good hard worker. Yeah, he's, he's a, a 
one of the best in the comp at the moment, Steel. And I think I, I think if he starts getting the attention he deserves, watch out. He's he's due for an All Australian burst in the next couple of years. What about Luke Dunstan? Uh, yeah, look, maybe not. <laughs> might, might retract that. Might retract that statement. Oh, watch it now, Alex Doherty. You would like to do your man. I would love to talk my man, and it'll be a man very close to your heart, Alex Miller, because I had a look at the Richmond North Melbourne game. Um, He's nicked it well, off me. <laughs> to be honest, there's a lot of players I could actually point out. I thought Noah Bolter did a really good job. Shy Bolton, Jack Higgins, and the like. But I, I, I liked that. You know, I was very impressed with uh, Derek Egg and Melissa Smith. Yes. Now, there's a lot of there was a lot of uh, <sighs> a lot of lot of issues about who was going to uh, run the ball out of out of Richmond's defence. You know, Basher Hawley's not there. Shane Edwards as well. They're probably your two best ball movers out of defence. But, you know, Derek Egmolesi Smith just comes in and he actually does, and he just fits in so seamlessly. It's almost like watching uh, Bashahuli reincarnate. <laughs> yeah. 23 disposals, 17 kicks, four rebound 50, six marks, and four intercepts at 83% efficiency, Alex Miller. You know, we, 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 talk, we talked a lot about you know, how good he was playing at BFL level last year, um, uh, Decker. Mm. But he's just, uh, and and you can and you can see it now. Like he, he's learnt he's learnt from some of the um some learnt under some of the best players, some of the best halfback operators in the league. You know we know Basher Hawley's a, a, a star. Shane yeah. Edwards very underrated. Yeah, he, he's gonna be he's gonna be one to watch in a, in a few years when uh, these guys call it quits because they they're both on they they're both on the wrong side of thirty now. They they've both been in the league for um quite a considerable number of years and the. Yeah. They, need, they need to look at somebody for the future, and I think he's definitely one. Keep your eye yeah, on. absolutely, Doc. We're just going to hold on to him. Will be the biggest thing. Yeah, I, um, I, I think he'll get games because uh, depending on whether or not Basher and and Cheddar get have a, have another year or two left, I think I think he's going to be a one fifty game player. That's nice. I like that. <laughs> so Very over nice. to you. Oh, lucky last. Uh, I'm going with Christian Petrarca, <laughs> boys. The D's both on clash. Uh, he's been outstanding all year. We've been talking him up. Alex Doherty's even come around to the idea of enjoying watching him. Um, <laughs> Chris Petrarca on the weekend, 29 touches, boys, one goal, one, four clearances, two tackles, three marks. Can I forget the marks? 431 meters gained. Six inside 50s, 14 score involvements is the biggest thing. Wow. Um, wow. That you don't really realize. And he went at 79%, almost 80%. 16 tested possessions. So, I said, uh, I said during the second quarter, during the game, if I'm Simon Goodwin at halftime, I'm, I'm telling the boys, just keep giving it to tracks because he was absolutely <laughs> on fire. Yeah, yes. if, if, if I was Simon Goodwin, I would have told him, just keep, just keep doing what you're doing because it's great. Some of the best <laughs> if I was Simon Goodwin, I would have resigned. Um, <laughs> I think uh, Petrarca really has elevated boys this year. His footy use and his, yes. his kicking inside forward 50 has been the biggest thing. So he's done a great job. Uh, this year in general, so he's got to keep that up. Um, but yeah, so shout out to Trax. But yep. I'm just going to have a quick little pot at one man. Yeah, Alex who, Miller, you want to you want to crack an egg, crack an egg or two open. I want to crack week. an egg on this man's head, but I won't be able to because we're in lockdown, <laughs> so I can't get to the house. Um, yeah, that's a shame. <laughs> Shane Crawford, who's usually quite a quiet uh, media operator, uh, but he's going as well. He's out with the big call this week. Uh, saying Christopher Traka is going to be better than Dustin Martin and currently is the best player in the comp this year. Um, I don't know, Shane, if you're watching the footy, but we've only played uh, eight rounds, and uh, or seven rounds. We're going to the eighth round this week. 
And yes, Christian Petrarca, no doubt, has been good. And he's one of my favourite players. But I don't know if you've seen Dustin Martin's resume. Uh, what the man's won, how many flags, how many Brownlows, and Chris Pachaka probably just has a couple of Rising Star nominations. So I think um, <laughs> possibly a wooden spoon if the D's don't pick it up. So I think Chris Pachaka very likely to uh, almost uh, lucky to uh, have a finals win under his belt, let alone a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, He's polled well on the coaches' votes this year, no doubt. And again, been an outstanding player, but just a ridiculous claim to compare one of the greats of the game and this generation to a man who's had eight good games. So yeah, I, it is I, I classic. Don't... It is classic sensationalism, isn't it, gentlemen? <laughs> like play, a player has a player has a couple of good games, and suddenly they're the best in the league. You watch another stinker this week. Who are they playing this week? Uh, <laughs> they they play Brisbane, Melbourne. Oh, yeah, he might get tagged out of it. Uh, oh, look, didn't know Jason Dussel was coming into the uh, Zoom meeting here. Situation <laughs> rumor mongering. Oh, you goose. You goose. <laughs> uh, let's move on to, lastly, the things that aren't rumours, uh, our tips. I want to say, boys, quickly before we get to the tips. Yes. Uh, just a tiny bit of AFLW news. <gasps> oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, we talked about it during the week, but a big congratulations to Emily Bates for winning her second Lions Best and Fairest. One of Alex, Mil- Alex Miller's favourite AFLW player. There is actually no doubt about that. Yes. There is no <laughs> doubt that she's the hardest worker going around Dr. Mind. Absolutely Love her to guts and works her ass off every week. Credit to her. And as well, uh, the Tigers and the Eagles will be receiving a priority pick at the end of the first round, which they have to on trade for a player. So that is very interesting ahead of the AFL trade period. Get down there at Tigerland. We yes, that is that's. I believe that begins in August. The trade period. Yeah, that's that's not that's not too far away. So uh, we'll we'll be keeping tabs with that, Alice Catalano. Yes. Make sure to cover all the all the news coming out of who's going where. Uh, not not too many big names rumored to be moving around at the moment, so it'll be interesting to see what the uh, what the clubs do. You, you wouldn't you wouldn't think you wouldn't think many many players would opt to uh, move elsewhere. You know, from the, especially, <coughs> especially from the um you know the the better clubs. You know, your, your Frios, your North Melbournes. Yeah. The like the likes of there because they're playing good footy, and why 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 do they need to move? You know, the yeah. only. The only reason I could see them move is any extra incentives that the club might offer them. Mm. But you know, even then, that's probably a hard, a hard ask. Giving you know the state, the state of the, the state we're living in right now, with all the um, job restrictions and and whatnot. Um, yeah. Well, it, it's an interesting one because we were talking about we we're talking about before, Cap. You know, what what do the Tigers and the Eagles need? And yeah, I think I don't think I don't even think the Tigers need that much to be honest. I think they they just need they just need to keep investing in their younger players and mm. giving the likes of uh, Frederick and Brennan and Bernardi a kick up the backside because you know, <laughs> they, they, they should be the players that, that, are, that are driving this football club and they've been almost and they've been very lackluster this year. Yeah. They've been in the back seat of the car too, they're driving the car. Yeah, uh, and uh, perhaps they, they, uh, they would also need. They would also like a new coach. <laughs> oh yeah, they true. Need... They're cur- currently hiring. Probably the Tigers searching for a new coach. So Alex, Alex Miller, do you want to put your hand up? <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> go go toe to toe with Cristiano Bernardi in the in the coach's box. I would uh, not win that battle. I would get <laughs> ransacked and beaten up. The, the the Eels just need somebody that that'll, that'll want to come. Yeah, best yeah. available. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Thursday <laughs> night, boys. <laughs> let's let's do these tips. Let's crack in. Jesus. All right, then. 
We've got the Gold Coast Suns and the Western Bulldogs on this Thursday is a, night. This is a game of the year candidate, boys. At I'm, I'm, Stadium. I'm penciling in right now. Oh, it's a big call. I uh, these two teams are both on, both coming off uh, good, big good win. showings last week. Uh, but after the, pre- they, I think they both went one win, one loss the past two weeks. Yep. They looked, yeah, a bit, right. looked a bit flat the week before. Came rebounded the week after. So they're both flying high at the moment. Who are we tipping, boys? Oh, I want to pick my mob, but I think Gold Coast at Gold Coast. Mm. I think I think they'll get it done, just just in a close one. I think the dogs buy two points. Oof. I, I <sighs> Gold Coast buy a goal. This is tough. I'm going to tip the Suns by eleven oh. points. Friday Bailey. night. Bailey. Friday night, the Giants and the Tigers at Giants Stadium. Another interesting game. We just talked before about how the Giants have been a bit bit down on their form, not quite pulling out the victories when it matters. I think I think I'm gonna go with the Tigers. Oh I don't know. Where are the boys? Tigers. Just Giants will respond. I, I really I really feel like I should go to the Giants. I might I might actually hit the Giants because <laughs> Rich, Richmond defeated Richmond beat a really understrength North Melbourne team last week and Richmond are a bit understrength themselves at the moment. You know, we talk about uh, Egg Melissa Smith before being being a shining light, but you know, GWS have more experience, I think, on on every line. I think they can get it done. All right. I did not like that. <laughs> Saturday. I, I, I hope I hope I'm I hope I'm wrong because I don't like the Giants, as you well and truly know, boys. Yes. But but um, I just think I just think they've they've been poor and they're, and they're being challenged by the media a bit this week. So I think they can I think they'll bounce back. Saturday. There are not many teams travelling worse than this mob at the moment. North Melbourne taking on Carlton. Look at, at the, the time here. Look at the time. One oh five. What the hell is going on? Can't be one o'clock. <laughs> Do one hundred five. I will. Picture, I will take. Right? I will take the Blues every day in this game. Yeah, I'm going with the Blues. Yeah. Oh, look, Carlton will win by about fifty points. <laughs> Big call. Big call. But they did beat your mob by fifty points last week. So strange <laughs> things have happened. Uh, this is going so to be a a clash for the ages, and by that I mean no one is going to watch it. <laughs> Sydney, <laughs> Sydney and Hawthorne at the SCG. Uh, yeah, oh. can, can I choose no winner? <laughs> the umpires will come out victorious. The, 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 the only winners for this game were the ones not watching it. Look, I feel I said, sorry for the fans that actually have to go and watch this shit. Yeah, <laughs> look, I said, I said, I said about twenty minutes ago that I'm not tipping the Hawks ever again, so I'm going to stick to that and tip the Swans. It is at the SCG. I think I'm going to go with Hawthorne though. Oh, oh, it's a hard one. Sydney are rubbish. Hawthorne are rubbish. <laughs> Everyone's rubbish. <laughs> I think I'll go Sydney. All right. Just just, just at home. Saturday Hello, night. Nice. Saturday night, we were talking about game of the year before, but this has the potential to be a very good clash as well. Mm-hmm. These oh, two yeah. teams have put up some good games, certainly in the past. Port Adelaide and St Kilda at the Adelaide Oval. Saints won their first game at the Adelaide Oval in, I think, 11 meetings or something like that. Yeah, wow. first win at Adelaide Oval in their history, Alex. Yeah. So, so, um, can they back it up? And even, and, and even then, it wasn't convincing. Adelaide actually showed up and... <laughs> And, and gave them a lesson too. So I think I'll go Port. It's a good question, Cat. Can they back up? It is tough um, to play at that ground. They would have got a good gauge for it last week, but a tougher opponent. I think Port. Yeah. 
maybe three goals. I think I will also take the power, but it will be a very, very good game. That's for sure. This one another game, you, yeah. another game at the Adelaide Oval. Here comes my mob, the Bombers taking on the Crows. Now, look, I, I honestly, boys, would not be surprised if oh, we no. gave the Crows their first win. Oh, I honestly no. wouldn't. No, and, and, and you know what? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Essen have a habit of dropping these games. These we do. Games. We really do. I'm going to do on Snow White. Look, I'm going to tip us as well, but if we lose, you won't, you won't, find, me, you won't, you won't find me shocked. You won't find me shocked. That's what you're going to say you won't find me in general. <laughs> Alex Catalano will not be mad. He'll just be very disappointed. I will, I will ponder, ponder why I wish I still the coach of the team. Yeah, oh, look, I, th- I will go Essendon, but I'm not, this, is, this is a game I'm not confident on. I, I, I actually think... Look, I actually I watched, I watched Adelaide against St Kilda the other night, and I actually thought they did all right for um, large portions mm. of the game. Just, the, just their, um, their, their ability to finish in front of goal just really let them down, and I think yep. that's what, what kind of made the margin blow out the way it did by full time. So mm. it'll be a good one for Adelaide to see if they can back it up. I think they're starting to now get on the right track of things. You know, hard to judge only after one game, but we'll see what the Bombers are capable of. Let's see who they bring in. Certainly won't be Dylan Shield. Uh, <laughs> yeah, very true. West Coast Collingwood up the stadium 335. Great time. This will be a good game, I think. This will be a good game. The Pies, I think, will handle this one. I think Ooh, I actually gosh. think the I reckon the Eagles might might get him. I reckon the Eagles as well. Ooh. They, 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 they're starting to string together some good form now, West Coast, and it only takes a couple of uh, really poor opposition to do that sometimes. So the goal is a huge blow as well. You think about five goals last week out of their seven or eight. So yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah, and I, I, I think it kind of stems back to what I said before about Collingwood being somewhat of a boring team. I mean, like, like they start well, but then they then they just come fall off, fall yeah. off the handle, and they. Somehow, somehow, it looks like they limp through game. They limp through these sort of wins. So it's yeah. just, I don't know. I think the Eagles can do it. All right, Very cool. Very cool. Uh, Sunday night, we've got the D's and the Lions at Metricon Stadium. Can uh, I just say, I don't know how the D's have sure the odds to win at Metricon than Frio do to win at home. Obviously, Geelong and Brisbane are both good teams, but. These have no chance. Brisbane by 50 points. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh. going to take the Lions pretty easily in this yeah, one. Smack them around. Geez, you're selling the Ds a bit short. I oh, the crap, mate. I oh, they... Alex Dockett coming around on the Ds. Oh, I, thought, I thought they played, I thought they played all right against the Hawks on the weekend. Granted, Hawthorne aren't exactly uh, world beaters at the moment. Yeah, right. uh, <laughs> they're lucky to beat themselves they're, they're, in inter-squad scrimmage. They're, they're, also, they're also not exactly egg beaters either, so you know, <laughs> t- t- take that as you will. Simon Badloss has shown the lowest capability to learn in the AFL in terms of coaching, so I wouldn't be surprised if he actually had no idea why they even won against the Hawks. <laughs> we won this game. I think Brisbane will win, but I think Melbourne will actually give them a run for their money. No, Brisbane will absolutely rob them. Oh. Uh, Goodwin will put Petrarca at full forward for some reason and will absolutely ruin his side. You're tipping Brisbane, aren't you, Kat? Yeah, mate. Thank you. Uh, Every day of the week. Can I just can I just say, boys, just before we move on, I thought uh, Sam Wedman played his best game on the weekend, and I've been yeah. a, I've I've been a hard critic, harsh critic of his for for a while. Look, I would say I would say that final against Geelong was probably better for him, but that was probably his best game in a while. Yes. Yes. That's um, for sure. Monday night, because this is the thing now. Uh, Freo takes Geelong <laughs> at get you, Optus. Get... Yeah, get used to it. Get used to it because we'll be getting Tuesday and Wednesday night games as well. <laughs> right. Could be every day of the week. 
Footy while you sleep, footy while you're awake. You'll, <laughs> you will watch all the time. Um, I'm going to go with Geelong boys. Big Gil is always but, Yeah. Cats actually, no Selwood, no Ablon. Oh, <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it, Alex Miller. I've got oh. a nice lead in the tippy. I'm going to go Freo. This is, this, this is absolutely cheeky from you, Alex Miller. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, look, Freo have no fight as well. So oh, yeah, that's true. Kind of, oh, that, kind of, that kind of counteracts your, um, your <laughs> Who's argument. Who's going to kick there? a goal? Manny Krabiner, if uh, Tom Cole doesn't run him down again. <laughs> oh, no. It's an that Tom Cole fills in for Geelong just to run him down. And then He's going to be waiting in the stands. Yeah, no, Tom, I think Freo. Tom, Tom Cole's in his head. I've got a feeling, boys. You know what I get a feeling about the Dockers? <laughs> I'm sticking with the Cats, thank you. I, I, felt very, I felt very let down by the Cats last week. Um, I expect them to... So you're going to tip them again? Yep. Because, because no team breaks my heart the way the Cats do. Actually, no, that's not, actually no, that's not true. The Saints, the Saints kill me every time. <laughs> I'm on the Freo train, boys. All right. All right, well, boys. I believe that's all we've got this week on the A3 Footy Podcast. Before we wrap it up, I just want to say uh, big condolences to the Tuck family with the yes. tragic passing of Shane Tuck yesterday. Um, very, very sad to hear. Um, and, of course, just want to say for men's, men's mental health is still a very important issue in Australia. It doesn't get enough coverage probably still. Uh, so, you know, take care of yourselves, especially in this this very hard time and if you need to talk to someone talk to someone if someone's yep. always there listening Alex Miller Shane Tuck was probably a player that you you grew up watching obviously as a young Tiger supporter yeah so yeah very, it was um, very sad very sad cat very big shock um, to not just the Richmond footy community but I think everyone in general um, yeah. sounding uh, terrible that it sounds like he's um, battled some issues and taken his own life which uh, it's terrible. Someone so young, 38, he's got two young kids. Um, so, yeah, condolences to them and the Tuck family and friends. And, yeah, like you said, Kat, it's a tough time for everyone. But, you know, just ring up a mate or message them on Facebook if you want to talk to someone. Um, your parents, um, professional help, you can go to um, – there's Beyond Blue, Smiling Mind. There's lots yeah, of stuff you can go to. Those. Um, I'll put those links in our social posts for the episode this week. Yes. Um, yep. But, yeah. He was great. Sermon of the Tigers. Someone I grew up with a lot uh, watching him. Uh, just had something about him that was pretty pretty inspirational for the Tiger Army to watch in some pretty boring times where nothing was going yeah. right. He was he was a bright light and he was a good servant of the club. Uh, so yeah, condolences to his family and uh, loved ones. Yeah, spot yeah, on. Well said, mate. Yeah, look, just to echo the, the exact words from, from you boys, you know, it's like, you know, it I've I've known I've known people who have been a big uh, who've struggled with mental health issues. I know I've certainly had my issues in the past. Uh, look, it, the best you, the best thing you can do really is just talk talk to yeah talk to your friends, talk to your family. Because when I was probably at my lowest point, uh, I I looked towards my mates and they mm. and they helped 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 me back up. They uh, got me got me through a rough period. And yeah, look. If, if if you don't if, if you can't reach your mates, you can't reach your family, you know, the helplines are always there, you know. Don't don't just you know, it, it's it's sad because, you know, Rich, Richmond, you know, wasn't 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 pretty wasn't big on Richmond in the mid two thousands, but the one player that I always saw play well was Shane Tuff. 
and you know watch watch the games where Richmond played played the doggies and you know Tuck Tuck was always in and under. He was probably one of Richmond's best players in in that stretch where they were just really really poor um, on the on the field and to see somebody yeah, thirty eight years old that's that's taken way too soon and it's uh yeah look mental health happens to the best of people um you know you've seen you've seen so many celebrities you know danny frawley was one last year that we touched on a lot mm-hmm. you know you know you didn't didn't think you, you didn't think on on tv where he was you know so jolly and jovial that yeah. he that he was actually going through such a rough time so you know there's always somebody to talk to if you if you're feeling down you know get get around get around your mates get around family members they're they're there for you and you know i actually actually had one actually had a teammate post from from my local football club post on post on post on social media about his struggles and and reveal what sort of what sort of issues he was dealing with and you know to to speak up like that it it, it helps so much yeah yeah well absolutely said, well said well said boys well, uh, yeah, of course, yeah, condolences to the entire Tuck family and the whole AFL community, obviously, is uh, is feeling this. So uh, we're all in this together. That's what we've got the footy for. It's a great community. It's uh, everybody, everybody gets around it. And uh, I think this next, this next 20 straight days of footy is going to be fantastic for all of us. So yeah, we're all so looking we... forward to it. Never, never been more ready for this, gentlemen. <laughs> so thank you for listening Trained to us this life. week. Thank you for listening to us this week on the A3 Footy Podcast. Make sure you follow us on all our socials, of course. A3 Footy Podcast on Facebook, at A3 Footy Podcast on Instagram, at A3 Footy on Twitter. And of course, there's the email, a3footy at gmail.com as well. Uh, I believe that's all for us this week, gentlemen. That's it. That, that, that's, that, it. that's it. That's it, I reckon. <laughs> un- un- well un- spoken. Un- until... Until until next weekend, boys. Yes. We're, yes. Yeah. You know, after the, after this, you know, it's a, what we've got Monday night, and then we go straight. Then we have a day of no footy, and then we we're going to go straight to Wednesday. So. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll figure out when we're going to deliver the podcast to you, because uh, obviously footy's never going to stop, and we're never going to stop either. <laughs> we're always going to be here to talk about it. We will not stop. <laughs> so make sure you join us for our coverage of that. With all that said, I've been Els Catalano. I've been Els Miller. I've been Els Doherty. Take care of yourselves, look out for each other, stay strong in the lockdown. We're nearly there. And uh, keep on watching the poopy. There. Yeah.